This is episode number 240. What does having potential mean? With Casey Berman. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation this Friday, which takes place at 10.45 a.m. Central Time and is part of our weekly conversation or a weekly series called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. In fact, the conversation that you are going to hear is a replay of the conversation that we've had in the previous weeks that revolve around the similar topics that you're about to hear, and that is the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships, gratitude and one's potentials, and many other topics. If this is something of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details about where and when the next conversation will be taking place. The second announcement that I wanted to make is this. If this show or if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website or leaving a review through iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Casey, I was making a joke. I was making a joke and saying how it lo- sounds like we're going to be continuing the, the theme from the previous episode on grief and grieving Scott's <laughs> absence. <laughs> I know. I miss him. I miss him. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's an awesome human being. Him and I had a conversation yesterday and just a squirrel, the show that you were on. Yeah. But I think he has uh, other commitments and things like that that he was not able to join today. But I'm glad that you and I are able to come together and have this conversation. And before I say another word, I'd like to welcome Melody, who has joined us here from Massachusetts. And for Melody and anyone else that's tuning in right now, if you have any questions regarding this topic, feel free to share them because even though Casey and I are the ones that are starting this conversation, this conversation will only go as far as the two of us know the topic to begin with. So yeah. whatever the insights, whatever the questions you have, Feel free to put them in the chat. But I figured that the best way to maybe even start off this conversation to begin with is maybe by choosing to address the question above us, and that is, what does having potential mean? So for me, the, the story that I'll start off with, and then feel free to chime in whenever you want, is this is a concept that I've heard for quite some time now from many different people. And that is some of the conversations that I've been a part of. People would oftentimes say, he has potential. He has potential to be, to do X, Y, and Z. Well, to be fully honest, I never really understood that. Like, What does that really mean? Do you have the potential as in the capacity to be those things? Do you have the skill set, the tools, the mindset? Or is there something else beyond that? 
And that's where I feel like this conversation is timely for me because it's able to break down a topic that is pretty large in on a granular level and really understand like what does it mean when someone has potential? Is it like I said, the mindset? Is it the ability to persevere, to be driven, all these other things, or is there something else outside of that? How do you understand the question to begin with? No, it's a great question. Um, you always have the potential to think of great, great questions on the fly or plan. <laughs> you know, well, like, it's great to be here. Welcome, Melody. Welcome, everyone watching. Um, great to be here. The highlight of my week. Uh, love these conversations. So an honor to be part of it. I will tell you, I don't feel like I have that much potential this morning. I am mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, here on the Pacific Coast. I'll just be honest. Uh, fire drill something with at leave law behind very early in the morning I had to do. Uh, I missed a phone call that I totally flaked out on and the other person is fine. But, you know, so even before my day started, I had uh, two or three, I solved the fire drill, didn't solve the flake out. The person was understanding, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, even before 8 a.m. my time, I had, you know, two steps back. Um, and so, uh, and I'm here, I'm, I'm not in my home office, which is fine away with the family, but obviously the lighting isn't that good. And, and mm -hmm. so anyway, it was just one of those, <laughs> one of those, which really isn't that big of a deal when you think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, it could throw your day off. I did let it throw my day off. Uh, it's still kind of there, but I'm in the, in the process of letting it go, but I'll tell you my potential my upside, if you will, isn't looking, if you were to take a microcosm and focus on Casey Berman at 6.45 a.m. Pacific time today, you know, it's not looking very good, right? If you were yeah. to take that slice. Um, and that's what I did. And I think that's what our mind does, is it it doesn't have a floodlight on our life or potential, or potential on opportunities. It really is um, a spotlight. And I think mm -hmm. we slice up our minute, our second, our minute, our hour, our day, our year, our decade, our generation, our life, whatever it is. And we literally pinpoint certain areas. Um, but, you know, that's like looking at a puzzle piece and seeing everything you're missing and not broadening it out to seeing all the the other pieces that are, are potentially there or what's happening. Um, and so I say all that to say that when I had that spotlight on my life just an hour ago, mm -hmm. um, not a lot of potential. So what does that mean then potential? I potential is a loaded word. It's like innovation, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people nod their head at it and no one really has a definition. For me, I've been thinking about as I prep for this, I think it's expectation. I think potential is expectation. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, the main source of pain in life is the gap between our expectation, what we expect, and what happens to us in reality. Um, mm -hmm. Or in this dream, row, 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 your boat, life is but a dream, whatever you want to call the reality. <laughs> but it's that. And that gap, unfortunately, is most of our suffering. If we, now, that doesn't mean we reduce our expectations or we play small. But it's more of letting go 
of this term of potential. So I've, I've got some examples and some other ideas, but you know, what is having potential mean, okay. whether it's in your own mind or whether it's in the mind of others projecting onto you, I really think potential is expectation, which can be good, but most oftentimes can be a real slippery slope into pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the for very first thing that you mentioned that I find interesting to note and explore is this whole concept of it's okay to not, it's okay to feel the way that you do and to experience what you go through because the reality of the matter is that's just life. It, as much as I want all things to be quote unquote perfect every single time, there are just so many variables and factors that come into it and I can't control how anyone responds. I can't control what anyone's going to say, nor can I control when that person is going to say those things. So for you, it might have been 6 o'clock in the morning. For me, it might be 8, 10. And I've realized that one of the biggest things that I personally have had to learn over the past however many years is, yes, the constant development of self. But more importantly, I think it's communication with other people and other Mm -hmm. beings. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most important skills that I've been able to tap into and I'm not going to say that I've developed some mastery over it. I think I've gotten better with it over time, but at the same time, people change and more importantly, yeah. people change not, not even every day, every minute or can. Yeah. So one circumstance might impact you in X, Y, and Z way. And next thing you know, is you're not part of this conversation or whatever it is. And so yeah. I, I just think it's important to acknowledge the the human aspect to it and The other thing that you pointed out as far as the potential goes is expectation. And I do believe, so I I believe there's a healthy and maybe an unhealthy component to it. And that's, I think having an expectation, it's almost like having a moving target in front of me, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is what I strive for. The danger of that is what happens if you don't live up to that expectation? Mm -hmm. What happens if you don't live up to that potential? Then how do you choose to look at yourself? Do you look at yourself, you know, as quote unquote failure? Or do you look at it? It's like, hey, maybe the time just hasn't come. Or I guess, how do you reframe that story? And what's the story that you choose to tell yourself in those circumstances? Well, everything's a story. So how that's what we live. That's what we learn. And stories also are are our identity and how how we live our life. And so... To, to your first point around communication, I will mm-hmm. say that, you know, this morning, I, Oleg, I couldn't talk with you earlier. And even before that, there was another person who, who I was talking about. And I wrote this person back and just said, I flaked. I'm so sorry. I have this thing and a horrible, I won't blame you if you never want to talk to me again. And, and she said, no worries. You know, I said, your time is valuable. And she said, no worries. Understood. And you know, she said to me, let it go. We'll talk next week. So mm. I said, you're right. I'm just going to let this go. Um, you know, I messed up and wasn't the worst thing in the world. But at the same time, this was this person's time, which is very valuable. And obviously, and I, and, but I communicated to her as best I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flaked and just my bad. And I know I, I won't blame you if you never want to talk to me again. And and she said, probably the sagest advice, uh, let it go just move on. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when you have this, um, and I want to get to Melody's comments here, she's got some great comments coming in, but when you, 
you have this story, right? I had a story this morning that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Casey Berman. I set a high standard. I dropped my standard. I could have had a story, you know, I just flaked. I'm the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. I could have had a standard. I'm a people please uh, story. I'm a people pleaser. And I didn't please this person, uh, you know, whatever story. And it caused a lot of anxiety in me. It really did. And, um, and she said, Casey, let it go. So to your point about the story, we all have stories. That's how we learn. That's how we identify. But what I would say is if a story is not working for you, Mm -hmm. um, let it go. And because when you, when you say, because I want to get to your point around, you know, are you a failure if you don't meet your potential? Mm -hmm. Yes. If that's your bar, but why make that your metric? Mm-hmm. Um, there, I follow sports a lot, and there's a lot of first-round draft picks. Andrew Wiggins, basketball, drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, and has played well, but hasn't lived up to his potential as a mm-hmm. number one pick. You can point to a number of things. He only had one year in college at Kansas. You can um, he should have stayed two more years, I, but that's a whole different thing. But he um, was didn't have the right coach in Minnesota, whatever, right? And now he's with my Golden State Warriors. He's got he's over forty percent in three point and from the line. But I won't geek out on that. But <laughs> he's not he's not a leader of a team. He's a second. He's a third. It's not his fault he was drafted first, but mm-hmm. he had that potential. And um, so he's a failure if we say that every first round pick has to do X, Y, Z. He's a huge success if we say he finally found a great team and he's fitting in well and contributing. Mm-hmm. So it's really what story do you tell? And I think for all of us, if we say, well, I was high school quarterback or I was always great uh, in, in high school or college. Um, I was always this. I was always that. How come I ended up this way? How come I ended up that way? Um, yeah. That's just like people saying, well, he was a first round pick and he hasn't met our expectations. Mm -hmm. And Melody brought up a really good point around everything that you just described. I see it as the clay we build our lives into. You have the potential to change the view of your unexpected pop-ups in your day and their purpose. And it's so true. I mean, you and I had this conversation before where we were saying how events are just events. And, and the difference is that it's the meaning that we choose to give to those events. Yeah. Because events are going to happen regardless. I mean, thoughts flow through us. I don't know how many of them go through me. It seems like thousands, if not millions. But the difference is which of those do I choose to kind of pull down and mm-hmm. give meaning to and give a vibration and a form of energy. So it's the same right. exact thing. I can look at that situation with the whole first round draft picks and talk about expectations and potential every single one of them is being compared to some of the greatest players ever played Mm -hmm. every single one of them is the next quote-unquote lebron james when the reality of the matter is there probably won't be one because every single person is unique yeah and i think the same exact thing is true outside of sports but just in life in general you mentioned the analogy of not having the right coach i think that's such a beautiful analogy for life because and think about the mentors and coaches that you've had throughout yeah. your life. Yeah. Yes, everyone has served me in the particular way that they had to, but did everyone get me to that level of expectation or whatever it is? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. It all depends on how I choose to look at it. You know, my sixth grade teacher, 
he doesn't have the same connection with me right now. But had it not been for him in teaching me how to speak English, I wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation yeah. in English. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I see it as this expectation and everything is neutral. So you get to tell your story. And mm -hmm. if you in your mind at age two or five or 10 or 12, 20, 30, whatever it is, have a certain expectation to live up to, potential to live up to, usually it comes from someone else's belief your parents or school or society or the TV shows that you grew up watching. I should go to Harvard. I should be a doctor. I should, or, you know, I should work with my hands. I should live in the suburbs. I should, a lot of shoulds, potential. There's a lot of shoulds. And so that's one element. I think there's a broader element of potential, which mm -hmm. is, I view it as a positive way. And that is sort of the, the quantum level, if you will, right? And um, we can go back and forth between this expectation and aligning with our life and then sort of the higher level, if you will. But the idea that our senses, our five senses, can only sense so much. Mm -hmm. We can only take in so much. And so just like their animals can sense an earthquake before it comes, there are real sixth senses, right? There are quantum physics has proved from a scientific standpoint what the spiritual sages, Buddha and Jesus and everyone have been saying for, for many years. Um, and so there's a level of potential if you kind of quiet your senses, mm -hmm. quiet your mind and, and kind of go there, which is so hard to do. But if you're able to move beyond your five senses, you realize that we're really just using 5%. You, you've heard the stat, right? 5% mm -hmm. of our brain we're using. Well, what about the other 95%? The other 95% is beyond. So for me, there's the potential with a lowercase p of am I meeting what I wanted, what the story I laid out at 20 and 28 and 30. And then there's potential with the with an uppercase p, which is where am I? And the emperor has no clothes here. Like I'm going to question all of these stories and really see. And again, we've used a lot, but it, it's when Neo in the matrix looks around and sees the ones and zeros and, and sees what he's in. So I'll pause there, but I was really excited Oleg, to talk about that. I think there's two levels of potential mm -hmm. and we can play in both. Mm -hmm. How do you personally differentiate between who you kind of let into your room, so to speak, and that's inside of your head when it comes to those expectations and, and, you know, you quote unquote need to do this. You need to be that. Is it yeah. people that are closest to you or is it strange and strangers that you, like, how do you personally know that, okay, this person's advice and opinion is something that I can actually rely on. Yeah. And then to what degree do you choose to look at each one of those opinions and perspectives just as opinions and perspectives mm -hmm. and not necessarily something that you have to follow step for step? So, yeah, it's a great question. And Melody writes, should is a judgmental word and judgment is an attack in many mm -hmm. ways. Um, I think people might be pushed that might push people the wrong way, but judgment, we all have judgments and we have judgments on ourselves and others. And judgment can really be viewed as, as an attack in many ways, right? 
Um, so when you say should is a judgmental word, it's kind of a, uh, a, um, an element of not um, really connecting and, and projecting thoughts on. When it, I just want to address that comment because it's a great one. When it comes to the, the um, idea you mentioned around, um, sorry, your question around what voice you listen to, mm -hmm. you know, the first thing is it's tough to understand that voice because a lot of those voices are in our subconscious. Um, mm -hmm. We don't even know what we're listening to, right? Mm -hmm. We think we can say, well, I'm going to take that voice out and I'm going to parse that voice out and so on. But for the most part, we make decisions on an emotional basis. Um, I know we sit there and we have logic. Should I choose this this color for my house or that color? And I'm going to weigh all the pros and cons. And, you know, you come to a checkout page online and there's all these things. Do I go pro and do I go this and go that? For the most part, I don't want to ruin and, and damper the logic we think we use. For the most part, we choose the middle one. For the most, that's why they have three options on a page. You know, for the most part, we take the candy at the supermarket at checkout because it's an emotional thing. I never um, thought about it that way. Yeah, it's emotional. And it's, it's sort of cloaked in logic. Well, I really did the pros and cons. Sure, you're doing this, buying this car buying this online app, buying the new duvet cover, whatever it is, mainly for an emotional one, it's going to make you feel, you're doing it for the feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so sure, there's some logic there. And if anyone is a statistician or a logician or something like that, I don't want to ruin it all. But for the most part, it's emotion cloaked in logic. And that then also says a lot about the voices in our head. Mm -hmm. So we could say, for example, I'm not going to listen to that person. I'm giving person the hand. I'm letting those people out of my life. But we do that for emotional reasons. And we're still listening to voices in our head, even if they're faceless, <clears throat> oftentimes from, from our past, which is why we need to disconnect from our five senses, which is why we need to go inward, which is why we need to quiet the mind. And if we can't quiet the mind, it's why we need to at least just see the thoughts as not being us, us being the observer of the thoughts. This is, this is just what all the sages have talked about. This isn't my idea. It's, it's what, what all people who've certainly found a level of enlightenment say. And the level of, an, one person described enlightenment as just realizing we're part of something bigger. We're part of something mm. bigger. We can't control things. So to your question around how do you get those voices out? How do you choose which voices to listen to? I'm not sure you can do that consciously. That's like mm -hmm. the dog chasing its tail. It's like the voice saying, I want to change my life is the same voice dictating what your life is. Yeah. How can... You just keep chasing. That's why we get out of the matrix. That's what all these movies are about. That's why there's Jiminy Cricket or Fairy Godmother, because it's pop culture telling us you need to listen to a voice from somewhere else we don't really tap into that much. Does that make sense? I don't it know does. if I explained it, that well. It's a really good point. I never thought about it through that lens before, where the more that I think about it, it truly is a challenge, at least for me. I'll speak from my lens. <laughs> It's a challenge to be able to differentiate between the different voices. And I think there's a, 
there's a conscious thought that I experience in thinking that I can differentiate that, okay, Casey said this, but I said that. Scott said this, Jessica said this, who joined us here, welcome. And so it, being able to tell who said what, when the reality of the matter is, at least how it works for me, is in my head, I have this movie or this narrative that doesn't necessarily have a beginning or an end. I feel like it's just always in the middle and it's just always going. And so after a while, the more perspectives that I open myself up to, the more crowded it becomes and the more challenging it becomes to understand, okay, was it my mom that said this? That's why I think finding the origin of whatever it is, a limiting belief or a fear, it's one of the most challenging things that I've had to embark on. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and really understanding like, well, what is the origin of my childhood trauma? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And did it start before I was even alive? Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that we had a conversation of, I think it was with Nancy John. And the, one of the questions was, to what degree do you believe that you can choose to, to what degree do you attract the circumstances in your life? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I mean, maybe to like, I, I think that I know how certain things happen or why that they happen the way that they did, but it's hard to articulate that origin because it could have happened thousands of events mm-hmm. before my event took place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so the issue, you know, Melody says, I think I disagree. I choose who I listen to based on who I want to become. I'm always refining myself. And that's a fantastic point. What I'm saying isn't necessarily that we can't follow other people or take their advice. For me, what it, it's more of not what they're saying, it's more of what I'm saying. So Emo Phillips, he was a comedian for many years ago, and he said, I'm reading it. I used to think that the brain was the most wonderful organ in my body. Then I realized who was telling me this, right? And it's the mind telling you how great the mind is. And so for me, it's it's not the duty of someone else to kind of tell me a certain way or or it it's me how I'm going to interpret it. Um, because like Melody says, I choose to listen based on who I want to become. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired by people all the time. But what if I get jealous? What if I'm not inspired by people who want to become? And instead, I'm listening to people and being, and I could be inspired by them, but instead, it makes me angry because I'm seeing, to go back to the point, how, how I haven't reached my potential. I see how great that person is. Mm-hmm. I see how far I am from that. And instead of being inspired by it, I get jealous. And that's mm-hmm. not on them. That's on me and my mind keeping me in that rut. And I've been there so many times. So uh, part of it is, again, it's an emotional thing. It's really my, I got to point the finger at me. It's my obligation when these words come in, when these inspirational stories come in, whatever the case may be, to see how I'm interpreting it. And yeah, it's definitely, it's the voice of of your ego. And I think that's mm-hmm. the whole point. And potential and expectation for me is very egoic based. How are we ever going to live up to the expectations, the potential that we or society has for us? I mean, it's mm-hmm. to the point we said earlier. I mean, it is in many ways potential. I, 
push back on this could be the root of all our problems. We have expectations. Um, you see it in politics, you see it in sports, you see it in our personal lives. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely am inspired by people. Um, the question is, how do I filter it? How do I interpret it and make it most beneficial for me? Mm-hmm. And I think to the point of expectations and potential so how I look at it in particular is that I think those concepts are evolving. I don't, I don't think there's a particular destination that I get to. And this comes with any single goal or every objective that I've ever had in my life. Wanting to do this, wanting to write a book, wanting to speak, wanting to do a podcast, whatever it is. Once I get to that particular point, there's always going to be more to strive for. I think this whole yeah. version of success in my opinion, I don't think there is a particular destination to get to. I think how I started to look at it is, do I have the potential to acknowledge that I'm already successful with what I know? Right. You know, instead of trying to strive for that one thing, because there's always going to be more, just like there's always more to learn. Just like this conversation, you and I came together and Melody and Jessica and everyone else that's sharing their perspectives. You and I only know what we know. And there might be other perspectives and other ways of looking at this that we might not be aware of. Right. Does it mean that we don't have the potential or we're not meeting certain expectation? You know, I think, so I think there's a, that's a really interesting point that you bring up is understanding that particular lens and knowing that there's always going to be more to that. There's always going to be a higher expectation. There's going to be a higher version of, success and whatever else and and maybe it just boils down to how do you choose to define it to begin with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's the story that you choose to tell yourself yeah and you know my wife said this to me just last week i was getting down about something and you know she said the line that um essentially i'm i'm happy with what i'm happy with what i have but i'm eager for more i'm excited Mm -hmm. for more and that's a great way for me to put it because you kind of have your cake and eat it too. Like I'm mindful and I'm in the moment and I appreciate what I have at the same time. I'm excited for what's coming. I'm excited mm-hmm. for the next thing um, because you are 100% correct, Oleg, because we will, we will not appreciate what we have. Uh, we won't be grateful for it. You've taught me so much about gratitude. And I think also, and this is where keeping up with the Joneses comes from, we're always looking at other people or other things and saying, okay, maybe I'm grateful for it, but like, wow, look at that. And we're in, people are ambitious. Humans are curious. Part of what makes us humans, for better or for worse, is that we're not totally satisfied. We're always looking to improve. That's good. You know, we're always improving technology and so on and making things better and helping. Um, At the same time, I think that also drives a lack of mindfulness and we aren't in the moment. And so a comment like that, like, I'm in the moment, I'm grateful for what I have, but I'm also excited about what will happen next. Um, That's how I look at it. It's it's, it's a very difficult balance, but that's how, how I sort of try and reconcile the point you just brought up. Do you think that's a cultural difference? So I personally haven't experienced many other cultures besides the one I was born into and then the one in U.S. But I'm wondering if to a degree it's a cultural thing to be always looking for kind of the next step 
like my personal experience of living in in the US and I'm not going to generalize this for everyone because everyone had their own lens for me what it's taught me is that much of my environment revolves around that what's next you got here okay how do you get to the next thing and then keep keep going i think that's part of progress that's part of what to a degree maybe makes what united states what it is but I'll also say that I know people who live in other parts of the world. India is a perfect example where some of my friends who live there, they look at it through a completely different lens. Yeah. The ones that are the ones that I know, when I was having this conversation with them, they're not focused on the next step. They're not focused on the upgrade. They truly are focused on what I have now yeah. and being able to maximize those resources. And so I wonder to what degree is this like cultural, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but like just mm -hmm. culturally way of living life. Of what yeah, well, it reminds me life. of the joke. It reminds me of, I think it is. And it reminds me of the joke that um, there's an American businessman, business person, um, you know, 60 years old or so, almost retired or maybe retired, flies to another country for on a beach and um, is walking on the beach, successful businessman and um, sees a, a, a fisherman um, has one boat caught some fish and goes on to the fisherman saying, Oh my God, here's what you could do. Um, go get a bank loan, get three. You could probably see where I'm going, get three boats, hire some mm -hmm. people. You can get more fish. We'll then take the fish. We'll get a, another bank loan. We'll then get investment. You can then get 20 ships. You'll go out there. We'll get a bunch of fish. Then we can go global. And it goes on and on and on. And then the business says, and then what you can do in 30 years, you have a global empire and you can then retire. And the fisherman says, essentially, I'm butchering the joke. Like, you mean in comfort <laughs> beach, like where I am right now? And it total culture clash. Like the fisherman says, I'm at the beach chilling. Yeah, I need to fish, but I know what I'm doing. I'm filling my stomach and feeding my family. Why would I go through 30 years of American <laughs> and even European capitalist, no knock on capitalist. I'm a capitalist. It's where I come from. But mm -hmm. capitalist finance rigmarole, going public and investment and all that, just so when I'm 65 as opposed to 35, I can end up at the beach. So it's a funny joke, but I think it goes right to your point that that fisherman, fisherwoman is in the moment. And yeah, they have some stresses. They need to fish. And if a storm comes or ruins their boat, sure. It's not mm -hmm. like it's a totally stress-free life, but they're in the moment. And you can kind of see where we in our culture are trying to get to. We're all trying to get to the beach at 65. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's a level of control. I need security. I need to retire. I need money in the bank. And then I will. And as Alan Watts says, you know, life is a dance. And if we spend all of this time, it's, it's music. And if we spend all of this time about, and then I will, we miss the whole point of life and that it's a dance. And we were supposed to dance. We're supposed to listen mm -hmm. to the music. Mm -hmm. And that fisherman in that story is listening to the music, even though he may not have as, as big a 401k. So I think it's mm -hmm. very cultural. Mm -hmm. I think it also goes to Jessica's point, and that's the power of influence. Mm -hmm. Simply a seed planted by those who raised or influenced us growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think about that often. The 
seeds that were planted within me, whether it was by my parents or just friends or whoever. Once you graduate from high school, you got to go to college. There was, right. there was really no opportunity to explore like what does college mean for you and what can it provide as far as the value and are there alternatives to it? And, and that's, and I mean, that goes to all these other subjects, you know, alter, alternative healthcare and whatever, anything that is followed after alternative, it's perceived as oftentimes not the way to go or not the go to route when the reality of the matter is I know plenty of people who have either, I mean, you're an example, you know, homeschool or try out things like that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that one is right and the other one's wrong. It just is. Yeah. It, it's just what do you choose to do? And the same thing with college. I know plenty of people that didn't go to a four-year university and still have been able to find their own version of purpose and success and meaning in life. So I feel that everyone says this moment in time is so momentous and important. Um, and, and we all hear that and mm-hmm. it is because we're in it, you know, you hear it in the 1780s and 1880s and 1980s and 2021 and every, every moment is important. There is an opportunity now, I think, not to get too melodramatic, but to really shift what we mean by potential and expectations in particularly in America. Um, I don't know about other countries. I would assume so. I'm saying this because there's been scandals around college, the USC scandal, yeah, yeah. pay mm-hmm. to get in. There's something called Grow with Google, and Google is a, is has created a number of classes for free or a, very, a few hundred dollars, very low cost, where you yeah. can learn skills like project management and UX design, which are these aren't just lower level skills. These are skills for an 18 year old, a 22 year old, a 30 year old. People that leave law behind have taken those courses where they can literally shift into areas that required an engineering degree or a data analytics degree. And there's more and more of this coming out. People are building their businesses on Instagram and they don't have a web page or they don't need it right away. Influence is happening in, you know, in, in such a different way. I'm not saying everyone go on Instagram and post pictures of themselves in bathing suits. I'm saying that there are new ways out there that still need to be sussed out. With COVID, a silver lining in all this is that 10 to 15, 20 years, if you will, of fill in the blank, different ways of working, um, ways to raise money, ways to view the world. Technology has literally been accelerated 15 years into 15 months. Yeah. And um, it's caused a lot of heartburn and pain for so many of us. Um, but we've got, it, many of us have gotten through it and it's taught us a ton and it's been really hard. But, right? It's like, it's been like sprint training. So, with all that in mind, is, um, mindvalley.com is is mm-hmm. great as well i've seen that and so what that means is that a lot of us and i'm seeing this with my kids who have given the middle finger to traditional school um and at first my wife and i said what are, what are you talking about school refusal what the heck is that term <laughs> but it's a real term it's a real thing and so 
the opportunity, I think there's going to be a real conflict between potential as in go to four-year college, get an MBA and go do that compared to what a lot of other people will do, which is get education in another way. Yeah. Find it on YouTube. Go to at a school called go to outschool.com. Go to grow with Google. Go to Mind Valley. Um, go intern somewhere. Um, get an online college degree if you need the piece of paper. Um, so there's going to be a real new way. And I think as people continue to see this, the hiring people in 10 or 20 years who didn't go to college necessarily, why are they going to need to hire people who who went to Yale and who went to Cal Berkeley where I went? And and they don't care. They didn't go. And look how successful yeah. they are. Yeah, I, I, topic for another conversation, but I, I think there's a lot of value in what you just said. I, I personally don't even look at the university when I make the decision yep. to hire or intern. It, it's, it's more so, can, do you have the skill set to be able to work on a particular project? And if so, you know, here's a sample work, see how you do, see what the working relationship is like, and that's it. Because that's the end of, at the end of the day, that's what you're going for anyway, is whether or not there is form of communication, whether there's a working relationship and whether or not you can achieve the goal that you aspire to get to. And we're weaning off of it. There are still a lot of hip tech companies and cutting edge companies that when they're hiring who, who want to see a degree, yeah. I mean, it's still there, but there's many more who have that type of, of attitude. And, um, you know, you point at a Mark Zuckerberg or you point at a few people and say, well, he didn't have a college degree. I don't need one. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, there are some some exceptions out there, but just more and more, there are these opportunities um, mm -hmm. to really make money uh, and get that security without getting a degree. And a degree and other things around potential in life is actually kind of an albatross. It, it, it's 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 a weight on us because now you're going to come out with a BA degree with fifty, a hundred, two hundred grand in debt for a BA degree. And get a $30,000, $60,000 a year job, hopefully, and have all that student debt? What's the point? Yeah. So right. I, I'm really happy to see the idea of potential changing. I think it's up mm -hmm. to us to, to change what this means, uh, the projection, what the meaning is in potential. Mm -hmm. Casey, what are some ways that people can potentially connect with you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, leavelawbehind.com. Um, we've created a community and program to help unhappy attorneys uh, to leave the law and actually tap into their potential. Um, so find me there, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at leavelawbehind.com, um, or find me on LinkedIn. I am a contact of Oligs. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank always you. being a part of this, everything that yeah. you're doing. And thank you to Melody and the Jessica and Jessica for all the great questions and insights. And like the two of us said earlier, we're here just starting a conversation. It's okay to agree to disagree on not even some subjects, but maybe most of the subjects. And so we're just here starting that and all the insights that all of you shared have been phenomenal. So I just appreciate all the people that tuned in and I appreciate you Casey for being a part of this. Oh, thank you. You create a fantastic, fantastic environment here. It's an honor to be part of it. Thanks for having me.
Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if this show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.